There's five hot takes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Stop tickling me. Stop tickling me, everybody. I'll do the five hot takes. I know you want them, okay? Uh, that's great. I'm glad you're here. It's me, Dave, of Dave's Five Hot Takes. And I'll tell you what means a lot to me. It's that you're using your ticket to kick it, to kick it with me. And you know what? When you use your ticket to kick it with me, you get to kick it for free. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can't believe I pulled that off. Also, I'm laughing a little too hard at myself. But you know what's not funny, folks? These five hot takes, because they're coming in hot. Listen, I can't give you much, folks, but I can give you these five hot takes. We're prepped. All of them, we're feeling great. All five takes are ready to go. They're sitting right at the edge of the plane, ready to jump. Number three's looking at me. He's got a mustache, and he's kind of winking and got more sweat than the rest of them on his forehead. But it's getting weird. Let's just go into the five hot takes. (laughs) Hot take one. Okay, first hot take, and this is a quick one. This is quick. Indy Irie, who to me is one of the greatest singers of all time, I think she is. She is. She's such a such a such a good singer. And if you if you don't know India's music, please go listen to it. But she has a vocal moment that I, I remember. This song from college. It's called "Good Man." It was written actually with a couple of my really dear friends, Shannon Sanders and uh, Drew Ramsey. If you the, both those guys have played and sang on my records for years and years, but they produced and wrote this song with her. Uh, it was off the uh, Mel Gibson When We Were Soldiers soundtrack. And there is a vocal moment and the control and breath of this vocal lick. It's at two minutes and 20 seconds. So cue it up. Good Man by India Irie. And listen to what she does at two minutes and 20 seconds. And I remember hearing this the first time and listening to this vocal lick. I'm not being facetious 10 to 15 times in a row when I heard it because I thought that is one of the most controlled, nuanced, beautiful little vocal moments that I've ever heard in a song. It's insanity. Go check it out. Hot take two. Hot take two. Listen, if you know me or have listened to this podcast at all, you know my deep abiding love for Stevie Wonder. He, to me, is the GOAT. And and you guys are going to come at me. You're going to, if you see me out on the street, if you see me walking by, don't come at me. But we can sit and we can have a civilized conversation because you guys, I know you're going to come at me with your Paul McCartney's. You're going to come at me with your John Lennon's. You're going to come at me with your Paul Simon's and the list goes on and on. But to me, he's the goat. And maybe I'll, you know, I'll do a five hot takes on my five reasons that I think he's untouchable. And yeah, I'm, that's hot. Because right now your ears are burning. That's how hot this take is. But here's what I wanted. This is just going to be one little fun fact that will back up his goaticity, his goatedness.com backslash edu. And, and let me let me sort of furthermore say this is an easy, in my opinion, to back up why he's the best of all time. But I'm just going to use this one year, this little group of fun facts about him when he was 22 to just give the first shot across the bow why I think he. And this is a list. This list could go on and on and on to the break of dawn. Uh, he was 22 years old when he recorded Superstition. Okay, that's a, that's significant. He played everything but the horns. I'm going to say that again. He played everything on that track but the horns at 22. And the thing you got to remember with S Dubs, as I call him, Sweet S Dubby. Homie is blind. So if that's not miraculous enough that he played everything but the horns on this and he wrote this song all when he was 22, he can't see. <laughs> okay? He p- seven clavinet parts on this song. Okay? Seven. This this guy goes deep. He, he swims in deep waters. It was his 15th album at this point. 15th album. He is 22. 
Okay, now let's just do a quick rollback on this. 22, records Superstition, which he wrote by himself, plays everything but the horns, seven clavinet parts, 15th album. 15th album, that's one. That's one of, I feel like there's a hundred of these. 50 fun facts like this that I could give you about Stevie Wonder that to me back up his uh, geniusity, which sounds like an album he should put out, another instrumental album. Uh, but um, I just think he's the goat. And I, when I read that, I was like, that need, people need to hear that. That's some facts you got to deal with. You got to sit down and really look in the eyes of and go, okay, I see you, I hear you, and I have to acknowledge you and deal with you. And I hope at this point you're doing all those things. Hot take three. Man, No Parking on the Dance Floor by Midnight Star. What a Jimmy Jammer, Jam Hammerson, and the Thunderbird Twins. <laughs> This song is so funky. And here's my hot take. It's kind of got two choruses, or I would argue that it's so easy. It's so right. It's so easy to back it all night. That is that could have been a chorus, like in my opinion. I think if you know you're sitting there writing it, you're like, that feels great. I mean, every time that comes around, you know it. You hear it one time and you sing along, which is kind of a little bit of a, you know, you would think is a requirement or a attribute of a chorus is that you immediately sort of know it in pop songs at least. Um, or I should say songs released to radio, which this was, you know, that's one of the goals is kind of stuff that's easy to sing along to and memorable. But then they double down and give you no punkin' baby, no punkin' on the dance floor. And I love songs like this that kind of have, that are, that sort of have two choruses. I mean, arguably the, it's so easy is a pre and then the chorus is obviously no parking on the dance floor but I mean they could have just left it and called the song it's so easy and let that be a chorus and I still think it would have been a hit because it's so memorable but they have sort of two choruses which you know if you're gonna take a safe bet on a song you know they could have gone like hey let's let's keep the no parking for another song and then just let this song be called it's so easy but they were like no let's put both and it's just that one more way that the song is hooky and has a chance to be a a hit you know and memorable um and listening to it you know a couple weeks ago i was like gosh they did th- this is double double hook town usa population midnight star you know what i mean Hot take four. Okay, folks. Hot take four. This is these are my favorite kind of hot takes, folks, because we we're about to get some learning. Did you know what I'm saying? Y'all better percher, percher, percher. Uh, learning hats on there, boys. It's time to make our brains bigger. Uh, <laughs> who is that? I feel like that was one of my high school PE coaches. I just channeled. Uh, geez, that was okay. I, did you hear? You heard my brain sort of like spin there. Okay, so it's it's. Uh, let's hear it for the boys, sung by Denise Williams, written by. Tom Snow and Dean Pitchford. Um, fun fact about this one, George Merrill and Shannon Rubicam of Yes, Boy Meets Girl sing background vocals on this. And uh, if you remember, uh, if you want to know more about Boy Meets Girl, I did a hot take on them on season one of Days 5 Hot Takes. It's all in the family. We're singing about it, yeah. I don't, I've had too much sugar this afternoon. But yes, you can find out more about them and they've written some other songs you'll know, I promise. That's a fun one. So go check that out. But this song is in C. Dun, 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 so just C, A minor, F, G. So we know that chord progression well, right? Here's a couple things that happen. Every time I heard this song, I thought, I got to figure out what they're doing there. And I did a deep dive, but it came out unscathed. That's not, I have a scar on my neck from trying to figure out what's happening on this pre-course. And let me show you why. It goes C, A minor, F, G. And then it goes, every time he pulls me near. This is kind of a tricky chord. I'm calling this, look, somebody knows more than me is going to call it a different chord. But what I'm hearing is a B flat major seven. So if you're in C, that's your flat seven, right? Here's that B. But instead of just a 
B flat major. It's B flat major seven to C to D because D is the key of the chorus. So what they do here is a really crazy like uh, flat six, flat seven, one <laughs> to get into the new chorus. So B flat major seven, C. So remember, this is how it goes in kind of... Uh, Every time he pulls me near, I just want to hear that sinful applause. And this is where this gets really interesting to me. It's already interesting. Here's where it's doubly interesting. The chorus of this new key, which is D, has has a C in it still, so it still feels kind of familiar because that's a flat seven of your of your uh, of the current key and a one of your old key. So you know that chord because it was the but what they do is they go, and then G, C, B, A, which is the five of D, which gets you back to D. You're ready to hear D now. But then what they do is they do one little quick four to get you back into C. They give you that little hit of F and then back to C. It's the weirdest, one of the weirdest transition key changes I've ever heard. Again, because this is what you're in. He goes, Now all they do is, That's, it's so crazy. It's so efficient. And somehow it makes sense in your ear. Because it's like, that F sort of makes you think you know you're going there. I don't know why. And I think they don't do the G because it's the five because you've heard the G so much it may be the, sorry, the G is the uh, the five of C. And usually you use a five to help key, change keys. That's kind of what we're trained to do in our in our ears. But instead they just use a four because I think it's not, you know, again in the chorus you're used to hearing the G this way. Right here. There's your G. So instead they go, we don't want to give them another G because they may think we're going back to D. So they go, with the boys. I just love it. It's it's a bunch of chaos. I don't even know if that made sense to you guys, but it's just a really cool way to change keys. It's two of the most bizarre ways I've seen to change keys, and they're both in one song. From going, I mean, that's something you just got to train your ear to do. I don't know a lot of people that would hear this progression and know you're about to go here. But because you know it in this song, you do that. Same thing with this. Uh, it's just weird. It's weird and wonderful. And it makes sense that both of those weird key changes are in one song written by the same guys. Because I just don't know a lot of the people that would have done that. And it, yet, it, it's amazing and it's a super hit. So kudos. Hot Take 5. Hot Take 5. And listen, I, you know, we got to end them big, guys. <laughs> Okay, you gotta come in, and you gotta you gotta come in and go out swinging. And so I'm doing it on hot take five here. Eagles, and yes, Eagles, not the Eagles. This is a fun fact about Eagles. They are not officially the Eagles. We call them the Eagles because it's easier to say it. But they are technically they're called Eagles as the same. And this is funny to me. There's a band called Doves, and some of you guys know Doves. 
I called them the doves to a friend of mine about 20 years ago. And he's like, dude, it's doves. And I was like, okay. And I was like, is there something to like the aviation, like all of the bird, the birds of flight? They're like, don't put articles in front of us. Okay. Let us be who we are. So respect to, to eagles and doves, but I'm going to call them the eagle. Mama call them the eagles. I'm going to call them the eagles. The eagles to me are the best band pound for pound that's ever been. And and that's kind of cheap. I mean, look, you can put Toto in that argument because uh, they're sort of the same pedigree. And what I mean by that is they were studio players that then turned into a band. You know, Eagles were a band that um, had played background or sorry, backup for other, you know, bands. Linda Ronstadt is they were kind of famously the background, uh, the backup band for. Why do I keep saying background? That's a 40 and slip for an artist, isn't it? <laughs> how back can you be i need to be at the front so um you know so they're different than like you know other bands that uh fleetwood mac is would be in the running but i just think pound for pound the sheer ability of each of the players you know eagles toto and eagles are up there i'm probably voting for eagles because they just they just lasted longer in the sort of pop music scene and they've just sold a billion more records but um but but pound for pound i think they're the greatest band that's ever been i just think you know uh, not a band that had changing i mean they did change you know personnel in and out but pretty much kept the same band they're just hard to touch and i think it's exhibited on this song new kid in town uh but the reason i wanted you guys to listen to this song is this song is a tutorial and i would argue the best that i can think of off the top of the dome you know what i'm saying of a song that does this where if someone, this is the easiest way to say it, it is all instrument hooks. And what that means is there's literally no place in this song without an instrument hook. If someone isn't singing, a hook is being played. A memorable part on a guitar, piano, even drums do it. At the, at the end, there's drum hooks with the drum fills. I just don't know another song that does this better than New Kid in Town. Um, and I try to stay away from self references in this podcast, but when I was, when I put out my album, uh, carry on San Vicente, uh, there's a song called carry on San Vicente that I, that I very much was like, I'm going to kind of try to do this. And on that record, you'll hear me. And I kind of told the band, I was like, listen, I'm trying to kind of do what new kid in town is where if I'm not singing, I want somebody playing something memorable. And it's kind of, I tried it my best, especially on that one song, um, carry on San Vicente, but it's just incredible what the Eagles did with this song. And, and I really want you to go back and listen to it and, and literally try to find a part in that song where there's an instrument isn't playing something when the vocals aren't singing. And I, and I don't think you can, I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there's no part that's not And the thing that, and this is the final point that is so hard to do because writing melodies and coming up with parts on instruments that are doing that much work takes a ton, a ton of work. I mean, that's not something we're just going, oh, we're just going to play it down and see what happens. You have to map, I'm assuming, you know, with these guys, and I would put a ton of money in the fact they had to map that stuff out way ahead of time because you got to know who's doing what because you may go in to play a guitar part and you realize the guy on the keyboard's playing something so it's just and, and it's all singable stuff which to me is really the superpower of of the eagles is they just didn't play stuff it's all memorable melodies they're playing so the song is already hooky it's already fun to sing along with but then add parts that are fun to sing along with and you just have this perfect little musical production song moment you know so go back, check it out, and and sort of see all the glory that is New Kid in Town that has got nothing. Call it a uh, tackle box, folks, because it's got nothing but hooks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Goodness, listen to me having a good time. How much fun did we have today, guys? I tell you how much fun is that the cops just showed up. 
they said, can you take it down a notch? And I said, you tell me, can I? And they said, you know what? Touche. And we all laughed because it was Ricky from high school. I didn't know he was a cop. Goodness gracious, if they knew the stuff he did. Oh, it sounds like he's coming back. <laughs> I better hurry up and end this thing then. Listen, I feel like we had a good time today, didn't we? Uh, we learned a lot, but i tell you one thing we didn't learn, and that's that Bob Marley and the Whalers hated fishing. <laughs> Who knew? Anyway, thanks for hanging out, guys, and we'll see you next time on... These five hot takes, yeah!